aka Ferrari F50. Break it down. I got a lot of living to do before I die, and I ain't got time to waste. Let's make it. You say you a gangster, but you never pop nothing. You say you a wankster, and you need to stop fronting. You ain't a friend of mine. You ain't no kin of mine. What makes you think that I won't run up on you with the nine? We do this all the time. <clears throat> Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. 24's podcast, the best video gaming sports podcast on the entire internet. Got a great one here for you today. Going to talk about how people, you know, they front a lot. Sometimes they act like gangsters. Sometimes they act like wanksters. They need to just stop. They need to just stop. I'm going to talk about Carson Wentz. Going to talk a lot about Carson Wentz. How he needs to stop acting. How people need to stop acting like he's a gangster. He's got to stop. They got to stop. Pause the music. You know, I played that song, Wankster. Wankster. That's that's how. It's W-A-N-K-S-T-A. Wankster. 50 Cent. Sorry if my... Let me try and... Fuck, hold on. Let me mute myself for like two seconds. Hold on. Let me play the actual song so that way you don't have to fucking listen to my microphone squeaking. Hold on. You need to stop fronting. You go to the dealership, but you never cop none. You've been hustling a long time and you ain't got none. Damn, homie. In high school, you was the man, homie. The fuck happened to you? I got the sickest vendetta when it comes to the cheddar. Nigga, you play with my paper. You gon' meet my better. Now, Shouty think I'm a sweater. I'm uh-huh. sipping on my better. I'ma yeah. hit one stendetta. I know I could do better. She look good, but I know she after my cheddar. She tryna get in my pockets on me, and I ain't gon' let her be easy. Start some bullshit, you get your whole crew wet. We in the club doing the same old two-step. Gorilla unit, cuz they say we bug down. Cause we don't go nowhere without toes. We dug down. You say you a gangster, but you never pop nothing. We say you a Sorry about that. I just didn't want you to hear like my micro, like the um the thing that I've attached to my microphone stand to squeak. Hopefully, uh, the microphone stand that I want will be on sale within the next couple of weeks. If it's not, then I literally just wasted a full month waiting for it to go on sale for it to not go on sale. Ladies and gentlemen, um, probably pause 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 music, please. Probably should have played you this song instead of a wankster to describe the situation about Carson Wentz. I want to dedicate this song to all the lovers tonight. And I expect that might be the whole world because everybody needs something. They need something to love, Billy. Tell them they need something. When it's cold outside It's very cold outside Who are you holding? They're holding nobody Cause he's gone You know If y'all don't mind I'd like to talk about this woman of mine Talk about him Talk about him Millie She's always complaining about me Never being at home Talk about him But when I'm down broke Mmm Oh. 
gone. Carson Wentz is gone, ladies and gentlemen. He took his clothes. He took his shit out of your apartment. He packed it up. He packed it up, ladies and gentlemen. He packed it up. Packed it up. Got in his car and drove away. Left you with the rent, with the rent in the apartment. He took the TV too. He took the couch. He took the utensils in the cabinet. Ladies and gentlemen, he took everything. He took the majority of the salary. He took everything. And they are so lonely, ladies and gentlemen. This is not the time. This is not the time to be on the Carson Wentz bandwagon. It's not, it's really not. That's why I'm playing this sad song. Because if you think you're lonely now, just wait, just wait. I told him I played this song last year. I played him this song, but if you think you're lonely now, just wait till this When Dak Prescott comes back, I'm not gonna be lonely because Dak is gonna be riding shotgun. Dax got my back, and I got Dax back. Then testify! He is gone! And where are you? Sad and lonely. Ladies and gentlemen, great podcast coming up for you. Not just the antics, not just the rants. Not just the predictions, great show for you today, ladies and gentlemen, 24's podcast coming up very, very shortly. Great song by the great Billy Walmack. <clears throat> great song. I think I just got the black screen. I don't think I don't think you um the black sc- the the black screen you could hear it. You could hear the issues that I had. So I kind of just roll like you know. Like, it's not actually happening, even if it is happening. For some weird reason, it's, like, super hot in my room, and it's only, like, 70 degrees. It's like, I don't... I don't understand it. So, I'm looking at this microphone stand, right? By the way, if something weird happened audio-wise, let me just check it out. What is it? It's, like, at seven minutes. I'm just gonna write that down, so that way... So that way, um... When I freaking watch this back, I can... Like... Make sure that nothing happened audio-wise. I think it. I think nothing happened, but I just want to make sure. It's obnoxious on my end to constantly have like my computer think that I unplugged. Hold on, let me just jam the cable in. All right, I just did. It's obnoxious on my end, but if it's not obnoxious, I won't really. Ma- uh, I won't really make a big deal about it. Get this off of my computer. Where is it? I don't know, like, here's the thing, right? So I got, so I'm looking at this microphone stand. I'm looking at this microphone stand. I think it's the one that I want. And the reason here it is. 
Oh, this is great. This is exactly the one that I want. Oh, it's in stock on Christmas. Really? How's it in stock? And by the way, it's like in stock. I mean, it's like in stock on the 24th of this year. And I saw it and I was like, oh, that like it looks like it will completely eliminate all of my problems. It looks like it has similar problems where it's like I maybe uh, I shouldn't move it a lot. But it looks like for the most part, it's going to eliminate the majority of my problems because like I need to find a microphone stand that can actually be moved around a lot. I'm not sure, but I'm hoping that this is like a microphone stand that I can move around and not necessarily like have one of the key parts of it break, you know, that's what I'm hoping for. Because, like, literally all of the microphone stands that I got are, not that I got, but that I'm looking at right now are just, like, literally there's this part that just constantly breaks off. I'm just, like, making sure. I don't know. It's, like, it's this one specific part that broke off for me. I may have to, like, double dip or something. I don't know. We'll see. We shall see. It would suck if I have to literally use this for, like, another month. I'm hoping that that's a lie, that, like, literally, I don't have to wait another month to fucking, you know, get another one of these things. Anyways. By the way, um, recap on The Bachelorette, if you did not see last night's podcast, I spent an hour complaining about Claire Cla- Claire Crawley. I was watching the strip dodgeball thing. I was watching the... Uh, I'm, I'm, You know, I'm happy for her. I'm happy because I, I saw the two-hour show. Like, I'm never going to watch that show again. <laughs> like, it was two hours of just nothing. I'm like, wait, people watch this? Sometimes I was, like, screaming at my computer because I was watching it in bed. And I was like, wow, like, this kind of sucks. I was like, why? I was like, why is she doing some of the things that she's doing? I don't know. She... I, I don't know. She had these, like, really, really lofty expectations, I feel like, when it comes to dudes and stuff like that. Like, I don't know. I hope for, I hope she has happiness and success and stuff like that. But it's like, Jesus Christ, man, like, lower your expectations a little bit. She told the story of how, like, her parents, like, her dad met her mom. And how, like, in a week, like, I think they got, like, it was one of those old-time things where it's, like, they they got married in, they got married in, essentially, of, like, three weeks of meeting each other. It's, like, that doesn't happen at all anymore. For good and bad reasons. Mostly good reasons. But it's, like, come on, man. Like, lower your expectations a little bit. You're not gonna meet a dude and get married within, like, three months. Come on. Honestly. Anyways. I saw that two-hour episode, and I uh, I was like, wow, that was two hours wasted. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's uh, that's two hours that I'm not getting back at all. And I wish I didn't watch it. Let me, by the way, I also, I'm going to kind of lower, not lower, but, hold on. I probably should have done this before the podcast, but, like, I noticed how loud I was fucking talking in the microphone, and I kind of didn't like it, so I'm going to, if this sounds weird, um, that's because the microphone is, like, maybe, like, seven or eight inches away from, from like, where my mouth is. And it's, like, this was a lot closer. And I was, like, I was screaming into the microphone at this point. Um, so I'm just going to have the microphone out like this. So that way you don't have to hear how fucking loud and obnoxious I am sometimes. So 
you know, we'll see how it goes. We'll see. By the way, I'm watching um, Oklahoma versus uh, versus Texas, Texas Tech, not Texas as in UT, but Texas Tech. Uh, almost a week later, when the game when the game aired, I meant to watch it like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and now I'm watching it on Friday because it's just like I just kept on pushing it back uh, because I had other stuff to do. So, anyways, oh yeah, I also have. Um, a nice cookies and cream milkshake on standby to hydrate me, mostly. So that way I have a delicious beverage. Mm. Straight out of Chick-fil-A. So, let us begin. Where should we start? Well, let's start with what I was talking about at the top of the show, Carson Wentz. So... For um for weeks, if not months, if not years, I have seen a plethora of amount of ex- uh, amount of excuses given for Carson Wentz's poor, mediocre performance, and I didn't buy any of them because I had seen Nick Foles, for example, win a Super Bowl. I had seen Josh McCown last year with Seattle play better than Carson Wentz did. Um, and he was the backup quarterback, and he's he was on a pra- he was on the Eagles practice squad for the majority of the season. Not even with the team, I might add. He was in Texas, and he just got signed, ironically enough, to the Houston Texans practice squad. But when I looked at Josh McCown play, I was like, wow, he played better than Carson Wentz. Granted, Carson Wentz didn't play a lot of snaps, but it's like for the most part. And by the way, he was also hurt. Like, significantly, I think, uh, significantly, excuse me, I think something was wrong with one of his legs. So he was, like, really, really hurt. And he still played very, very well against the the, uh, the Seahawks. He played better than Carson Wentz. Like, if you told me, um, not even told me, but, like, I feel like he played better than, than Carson in that game than Carson did in the majority of the games that he played in in the final couple of weeks of the season, if you want my honest opinion about it. So where does that leave Carson Wentz and the Philadelphia Eagles? <clears throat> As a matter of fact, let me not even continue forward. Let's just establish how bad Carson Wentz is. He is, I think, leading the league with turnovers with 12. He has um, a 58% completion percentage, which is significantly below average. He has 1,800 yards, which in... I mean, when he he has six games against the NFC East, he is going to go up against a bunch of um not not he's not going to go up against a, a bunch of hard teams. Let me before I get on to the teams that he's going to be facing off against, but he's gone up against teams with very very bad secondaries. He has twelve touchdowns, twelve interceptions. Again, um, terrible touchdown to interception ratio. Usually, you want to have like a two point three, two point five. I would say is probably. But it may um like two 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 to one is I think like average, right? Maybe not average, but it's like good good. Like three to one is great and anything above like three to one is like you're you're spectacular, right? And it's like most of the great quarterbacks in the NFL right now, by the way, they have like a three they have above three to one. Like Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes. Etc. 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 And then you have Carson Wentz, twelve to twelve. That's that's one to one. That is significantly. That's like backup. Like he, like that. If you told me, let me look up his. I don't think Jalen 
Hurts has a, a a touchdown, but I'm pretty sure he doesn't have an interception. That's probably because of the limited snaps he's been on. But yes, like Jalen Hurts, maybe not Jalen Hurts, but like having a one-to-one touchdown to interception ratio is incredibly unreliable and just terrible. Like you can't get away with that. And then his passer rating is 73.2, the average passer rating in the league. Hold on, I wrote it in my journal. 93.4. So he's 20 points below the average passer rating, which, ladies and gentlemen, is garbage. So where does all this culminate to and what does all of this mean for Carson Wentz as a quarterback? And, and again, uh, every statistical category that he's in is significantly below average. The 1,800 yards that he has is, um, I wouldn't say below average, but it's not encouraging. He should have somewhere close to like 4,000 to 4,000 and 4,400 yards because he's in the West Coast offense. Like, like if you're in a passing offense, you should have somewhere close to 4,000 yards in a season. And he's on pace and he's on track to have, like, 3,600, maybe 3,700. He may get there. He may get to 4,000, but he should have way more than just 4,000. Like, he's missing, like, almost 1,000 yards of offense. Technically, um, not of offense, but of like of passing. You know, if if the, if he were to carry on like he has carried on, and he only has one three hundred yard game, and that was against the Giants, and also he had fifty eight percent completion percentage, which again below average, like sixty percent is is um is um is above is is average. It's not even above average. It's just average, right? He has a below average completion percentage. He, again, everything is below average. He should be a he he's he has elite level talent according to everybody else. And um he's he's a below average quarterback and in some metrics he's significantly below average and in fact in most of his metrics he's significantly below average. And some people are like, "Well, 24, why didn't you see that? Why didn't we see this coming?" Why, um, why wasn't this, you know, why couldn't people project this and things of that nature? He doesn't necessarily have a statistical drop-off, like how you would be able to track his his statistics dropping off. Like he just had a very, very large cliff dive off. How did that happen exactly? Well, let me try and elaborate for you. I feel like a lot of the um, the issues that you're starting to see this year were apparent in the last couple of years, except he was able to mask them very, very well, right? So, for example, in the 2018 and 19 seasons where his team barely scraped by to get to the playoffs, and in 2018, by the way, it wasn't even him that took them to the playoffs and won the game against the Bears. It was Nick Foles. In those seasons... He um he was very very good at masking his um his his deficiencies and specifically Doug Peterson definitely helped him out because I've D- Doug Peterson in my opinion doesn't get enough credit for how good of a head coach he is he's probably the best head coach in the division right now because of his ability to scheme um, offenses like essentially uh, Sean Payton. He will he will have designed plays to get specific receivers open 
and he will like like if you're if you've ever wondered it's like well how does Nick Foles like how did he how did he do that in the Super Bowl because what Doug Peterson did was he looked at Nick Foles's tape and he said to himself oh this is what Nick Foles does uh, well let me kind of move and transition my offense to what he does well while also keeping the root of our offense which is scheming wide receivers open still significantly in play and that's how we're going to operate with Nick Foles and the offense. And that's exactly what they did. And it worked to absolute perfection in the playoffs, especially because it was fucking hard for teams to scheme towards the Eagles because they had no idea what they were doing, including the Patriots, by the way, as evident by getting like 50 points scored on them in the Super Bowl. But yes, the, um, the scheme has protected him. The media has protected him. When you watch his games of last year and of the last couple of years, he has these bursts, these fantastic bursts, and Max Kellerman always elaborates on it. He has these fantastic bursts of um, of just energy, not of energy, but of his play, right? So what I mean by these fantastic bursts is, and I kind of wasn't clear, but let me try and elaborate here. What I mean by he has these fantastic bursts is he will play like hot garbage for the first quarter, the second quarter, and the third quarter. But when it comes to the fourth quarter, he will have fantastic plays, as evident against the Cowboys, right? What what was the um what was the touchdown, the game ending touchdown, right? Everybody's like, oh, he's clutch, he's awesome, he's this and he's that, right? After having two interceptions and I think two fumbles, right? He throws a dime to Boston Scott for a touchdown that's essentially uh that essentially won them the football game. Right? So he has those big time, big boy plays, fourth quarter. I I cannot, I don't understand why he doesn't have more consistency throughout his um his play, but it's just it is what it is. He doesn't have like it's weird that he doesn't have the consistency that you would want from a um from a quarterback. <clears throat> but it's 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 weird regardless. But he has these big-time fourth-quarter plays. It goes beyond wide receivers. You know, him not having... Like, like I've seen other players, for example, with wide receivers on the level of his wide... Like, think about it like this. Let me look up Nelson Aguilar. I think Nelson Aguilar is a perfect example of a dude that they just use, that Derek Carr uses. By the way, shout-out to Derek Carr, because I'm not going to lie to you. I have been sleeping on Derek Carr, and... Um, Derek Carr has been fucking awesome this game. Or not this game, but, um, excuse me, this year. Let me take a quick peek at Derek Carr's numbers here. He has, yeah, holy fuck, man. He has 1,800 yards, 71% completion percentage, 14 touchdowns, two interceptions, 110.2 passer rating. Remember how I said like 58% was, like 60% is above average? Not above average, but average when it comes to completion percentage. Derek Carr is at 71%. Remember how I said having a 3-to-1 touchdown to interception ratio is, you're, you know, you're doing something great, and anything above that, you're just spectacular, right? Derek Carr has a 14-2 to touchdown uh, interception ratio, which transitions to 7-1, which is insane. And then he also has a 110.2 passer rating, which, let me check my notes here. I know it's above average, but it's like 10 points above. It's 20 points above average. 
because the uh, the average passer rating is 93.4. Derek Carr is balling. But I looked up Nelson Aguilar, and there have been games where he has played absolutely fantastic for the Oakland Raiders. <clears throat> so, last year, he had 363 yards, one of his uh, worst seasons of his entire NFL career. And this season, through week eight, it seems like it's probably going to be his second best season or third best season of his NFL career, right? Where he already has four touchdowns, uh, comparatively to the career high of eight touchdowns, you know, it, it seems like, oh, that's not necessarily very good. But then when you look at the drop-off that he's had throughout his entire career, where he's where he's only had um, f- um, um, more than four touchdowns one time in his career, and that was the eight-touchdown season, like, considering, like, like he's, you know, he, like he's balling right now, essentially, um, because of how many touchdowns he has. He doesn't have a lot of yards, but his yards per, like, catch are, like, 19.5, which is insane. And his receptions have dropped off of a cliff, but he still has, like, this high amount of production. Like, when you watch Nelson Aguilar... Hold on. Let me unplug my computer. Cool. Like, when you watch Nelson Aguilar um, play for the Raiders, he gets disgusting yardage against certain teams. He may not have it on paper, but uh, because he doesn't have the receptions and the yards, but when you watch him with the Raiders, they use him in a bevy of ways. And how they use him, and and by the way, Derek Carr, he trusts him. He trusts him in such a way that empowers him. He doesn't like go away from him and shy away from him. He doesn't do like Carson Wentz stuff. And he empowers him to be a football player and to go out there and play. You know, and like, yeah, that matters. Being a football player and being doubted not only by, you know, the people, the fans, but also the players, like, it, it kind of weighs on you heavily, and it did last season, where, I mean, like, last season, he had half of the attempts, not the attempts, excuse me, the receptions, the catches, that he had this season and only had 100 more yards. He has 10 more yards per catch this season than he does last season. Let me take a swig of my milkshake. All that's to say is, listen, man, Carson Wentz has fallen off of a a cliff. Like, he has fallen off of the proverbial cliff. He hasn't played well all season. Um, when he lost to the Rams, I was like, oh, yeah, that's uh, that's no bueno. When um when it, I mean he had a hundred and twenty three yards against the Cowboys, I think Ben DiNucci. Ben DiNucci had more yards than him. Ben DiNucci. He had a hundred and eighty. By the way, granted he had more attempts, so it kind of like you know it's like some people are gonna say, well he had more attempts, but it's like it doesn't matter. Carson Wentz should not be throwing for 123 yards as a fifth-year starter. Like, are you, are you seriously going to give him another, like, more excuses? It's like it literally, like, that doesn't make any sense. He should not have the excuses that he has as an NFL quarterback. This is his fifth year in the season. This is his fifth year in the NFL. And he can't complete 
an average number of passes, and he's supposed to be the second coming of Joe Montana and John Elway, and he's supposed to be on the same talent level of Patrick Mahomes. Like, you can see why I get so irked when people talk about him, right, in the same breath as Patrick Mahomes. I'm watching Spencer Rattler right now. I'm watching Spencer Rattler play. Right? And I was worried about Spencer for like a series. Not for a series, but like for a game. And it was the uh, the, the UT game. Let me take a swig of my milkshake. It's almost done. Sorry about that. I know how annoying that is. But I was worried about Spencer because I, I saw... Uh, I, I saw the, the Red River Bowl, the Red River shootout, Red River game, whatever you want to call it. So I'm in that game. I saw it for the first quarter. And not not for the first quarter. I, I saw it for all four quarters and all four overtimes that were also in the game. And I was looking at Spencer Rattler, and I was like, man, like he's not having a good game. And the broadcast, Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt, they were talking about how he's not how he's not executing Lincoln Riley's game plan, executing his scheme, right? Excuse me, I just drank some water. So after he threw or fumbled or did some other, did another dumb player or made another dumb decision, whatever you want to call it, um, he got benched in like the second quarter. And he came out in the third quarter, and he balled out, and he freaking did exactly what he was told to do from the GOAT Lincoln Riley. Maybe not the greatest of all time, but, you know, one of the best college coaches in the NFL. Not in the NFL, excuse me, in college in college football. Goes out and wins the game in quadruple overtime against Sam Ellinger and the UT Longhorns. And I'm watching him now against Texas Tech. Really, I don't have any reason to watch him because I think he's he's a fun game. He's a fun player to watch, you know? And I just saw him, him, him throw with a lot of time in the pocket. Not even in the pocket, but he avoids the rush. They rush three, Texas Tech does. They push his right tackle into his lap. And he stands in and nobody's around him because it's a, you know, it's, it's three-man rush. He rolls to his right, and he throws down the field for his big boy tight end. God knows what his name, and he's dapping up his guys. And he even bobbles the snap. And he recovers. And he rolls to his right, stands in, hangs in, directs traffic, throws. Bang, there it is. The point that I'm trying to make here when I watch Sam Ellinger, damn it, Spencer Rattler, when I watch him play, I see a guy that's uberly talented, but more importantly than that, he has what's what's commonly referred to as intangibles, meaning that you can't see it, maybe not, like, it's a bad word because you can, you can understand it, I guess, you can see it kind of, it's not like... It's not like, like, um, yeah, I guess it is intangibles. I guess you can't see it necessarily as easy as you can see him throw the ball like 60 yards down the field off of his back foot. But when I watch Sam Ellinger play, 
Damn it, I said Ellinger again. Spencer Rattler again. Bear with me. When I see Spencer Rattler play, I see this uberly talented, extremely young quarterback who understands, you know, who, 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 will, who will do what his coaches tell him to do, who will be mature in the moment and for his team and will put his ego aside. Maybe not maturity is the word that I would use, but he'll put, he'll, he's humble. He'll put his ego aside and he'll be like, you know what? I was fucking up in the first half. The coach told me I got to play his game plan. I got to play his scheme. And ladies and gentlemen, Spencer Rattler has never looked back ever since that, that UT game. He's just been putting that bitch in cruise and he's been cruising down the football field. Let me take another swig. All right, I'm done with that. And the thing about Spencer Rattler that's super important in my opinion is just his ability to be coached. Is that Bob Stoops' son? Did he catch that ball? No, he didn't. It's his ability to be coached that I think is the most important thing about him because of how well, because of, of situations like that where he needs to submit to the authority that's above him and be like, I don't know everything. My talent can't bail me out of every situation. Let me like, let me listen to the coach because he knows better than me and he can help me, right? There's a play that you saw um, with the Cowboys and the Eagles that everybody saw. It was the Carson Wentz play where he's rolling to his left. He has a, a fuck ton of time to get the ball out of his hands. A safety comes in. His name is Donovan Wilson. Comes in, sacks him, strip sacks him. Boom, balls out. What happens? Dallas recovers. They're inside the um, the uh, the Eagles territory. It's an ego thing. Apparently somebody, um, shout out to the quarterback school, the YouTube channel. <clears throat> I think that's what his name is. He's breaking down film on Carson Wentz and he was talking about how his throwing mechanics are wonky. You know, and it's and he was talking about how it's like basic stuff. That he doesn't that he doesn't do. And the reason for that is is that it's because his talent kind of supersedes his technique. Right? Like a guy like Tom Brady, no talent at all. Doesn't have like a big arm. He has like a like the fountain of youth when it comes to arms cuz his his arm doesn't get tired. Like, at all. Like, Drew Brees is, like, a couple of years younger than him. It's obvious that his arm has, like, fatigue. Like, you know, like, if he was a golfer, his stroke wouldn't be as powerful. I think... I think that's what... I think that's a proper analogy. A better analogy would be if, like, a track star couldn't run as... Like, a track star isn't going to run as fast when they're, like, 40, 41, 42, when they were, like, 23, 24, Right? But Tom, he relies way more on technique to throw the football than his actual arm talent, than his actual arm strength. And because of that, he's able to play until he's like in his mid-40s. Carson Wentz, I don't, I don't think he'll last until 
his mid thirties. I don't think I, I don't think I think he may not even last until his early thirties. Thirties. I think you'll probably see the uh, the Colts try and get rid of him. Not the Colts get rid of him, but like try and make a play for him. Unless the Eagles, they just love him to death. But it's like I just I don't see it, man. In the sense of he's not compatible with the Philadelphia Eagles. And I've said this a couple of years ago. Maybe I didn't say it. Did I say it? No, I didn't. Did I? No, 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 I didn't. I didn't have a podcast back then. When they moved off of Nick Foles for him and they signed him. I was like, I don't necessarily agree with that. And the reason why I said that was I felt like Nick Foles was a better fit schematically wise than Carson Wentz. So I would have just been like, we're going to sell out on Nick Foles. Then we will with Carson Wentz and we'll just ball out with Carson Wentz. And that's what we're going to do. Did I say ball out with Carson Wentz? I meant to say ball out with Nick Foles. Does it worry me that Carson Wentz is playing this badly? Um, no, I'm not not an Eagles fan. And um, I kind of predicted this. Maybe not to this extent. In fact, I don't think it would have ever, ever, excuse me, have gotten to this extent, to this badness, where once again, only three, only one 300-yard game in a season, in this season. I mean, he only has one. He doesn't have any game that is below, or not below, but like, average when it comes to passer rating like that sucks that's terrible for again dude that's been in the league for five plus years I don't I don't, I don't get it <clears throat> but it's like I don't I don't ever want to hear Carson once ever be compared to to Patrick Mahomes when it comes to talent I'll, I'll compare Dak, for example, I'll say like Dak, I think is an elite level quarterback, one of the best in the NFL, but I'll never say like Dak has the arm talent of Patrick Mahomes when Patrick Mahomes can like, you know, like have these weird arm angles and like throw these awesome side, uh, sidearm passes. Like, like he's essentially eliminated it from his game because like it cost uh, the Kansas City Chiefs a touchdown, I think in the, the first game of last year, but like everybody has forgotten that Patrick Mahomes used to do no-look touchdown passes, right? Like, people forget about that. Like, he did no-look passes and stuff like that, right? By the way, once again, watching Oklahoma versus Texas Tech. Spencer Rattler, it's a very similar route. To um, to a Carson Wentz to a Carson Wentz play that I constantly reference, where uh, it's essentially schemed to be a touchdown, right? Where Spencer uh, Spencer, it's first and ten at the nine yard line of the Texans. And what are they? What are they? The Red Raiders? I think that's what they're called. Um, there's supposed to be a lot of pre snap action, a, a motion, a double fake, things of that nature. It's supposed to be a uh, very very quick pass after the fakes. To Marvin Mims, who has inside leverage against the corner, and uh, Spencer, I think the ball is, I, I mean, technically speaking, the DB committed PI and things of that nature, but it would have been a touchdown if he didn't, and he just, he doesn't even look, he, he doesn't, and he stares down this receiver, and the reason why he stares him down 
is because pre-snap, and in fact, he does a little bit of, like, looking off, just a little bit, but for the most part, he, like, once he looks off the safety, he then just, like, zeroes in on where he's supposed to throw the football to, because he understands, like, this is what's been schemed, this is where I'm going, and this is what I'm going to do. <clears throat> yep, there he goes. As soon as he does his, um, it's it's a, it's, it's a fake, essentially, once he do, does that, he just looks and goes towards his progression, his read. And he just holds there. He holds. He holds. And then once he's open, bang, he fires. Yep. And he even looks at the other side of the football field to draw the safety over to the other side. And um, he's going for Marvin Mims on the opposite side where all the action is going. Difference between a guy that goes and listens to his coach and a guy that doesn't. Oh, but 24, he doesn't have any players. Oh, 24, no players. No players, 24. No players. Let me read you another guy that has uh, no players, by the way. Let me read you his statistics. This guy, kid you not, has no players. No guys to throw the football to. Not even being facetious about that. It's very true. This guy has a 67% completion percentage. 2,272 yards, 11 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. Again, it's fine. He has a 2 to 1 touchdown interception ratio. It's like average, but it's fine. You know, it's fine. Slightly above average. It's fine. You'll take 11 to 5. You'll take it. In fact, I would say it's good for him. He has a 91.4 passer rating. Yes, it's below the 93.4 average passer rating for the NFL, that's fine. Do you want to know why it's fine? That some of his statistics are below average? One of his statistics is below average. You want to know why it's fine? Do you want to know who this guy is, this this blind quarter? And I, and I looked up all of their stats, and I just wanted to see how this guy was doing because I like this guy a lot. Like his play, like his swagger, like his confidence, like everything about Joe Burrow. That's who I just told you. That's who... That's who he, that's that's how his statistics look. He has a 67% completion percentage above the 60% average for the NFL. He's going to be on pace for what Carson Wentz should be on pace for. 4,400 yards. He has 11 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. Yes, he only has one less touchdown than Carson Wentz, but he has six less inter- 7 less interceptions than Carson Wentz. And his passer rating is up 20 points comparatively to Carson Wentz. And he's a rookie. And then on top of that, he also has significantly better yards, completion percentage, and more importantly, he has nobody on his fucking football team. Okay. Rookie, second, not rookie, second year coach in Zach Taylor. Rookie T. Higgins, I think, has the most yards on his football team. A.J. Green is number four. Can't even tell you who his number two and number three options are besides T. Higgins and A.J. Green. Don't even know who his tight ends are. Don't even try. I I can't try. I don't know. Joe Mixon, I think, was out. He beat the Titans. He had two touchdowns in that game. He had a 106.7 passer rating. He almost beat the Browns. 
406 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, 112.5 passer rating, 74.5% completion percentage. Ladies and gentlemen, he was absolutely balling against the Browns. And as a matter of fact, he's been balling this entire season. Sure, he's had some not-so-good games, some stinkers, a little bit, you know, some stinkers. But he's a rookie. He gets a pass, and he's on the Bengals. He gets a bigger pass. Doesn't have any weapons. In fact, I should have closed with him. Should have closed with him, right? Because it's like, where is he at? I have his numbers. Justin Herbert, 15 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. Rookie. 104.5, the passer rating. 67% completion percentage. Justin Herbert, absolutely balling. Yes, he has a lot of weapons, but it's not having weapons that matters. It's how you use them. And does he have the ability to use them? That's That's the most important thing. If I give a dude talent around him, can he actually use it? Carson Wentz has had talent around him all throughout his career. He has not used it. You give Justin Herbert talent, he gets you 15 touchdowns, five interceptions in the first. I think he he got into he got into the uh, in, into the game, into the NFL, in his second and he he became a starter. Excuse me, in his second game of the season because Tyrod Taylor had a punctured lung because a doctor stuck his needle, stuck a needle, excuse me, through his chest trying to give him some like pain relief or something like that, and he accidentally punctured his lung. And you, you see Justin Herbert absolutely balling out. You see Joey B, Joe Burra, absolutely killing it down in Cincinnati. And it's like, there is no excuse. There is none. There is none for Carson Wentz. There's absolutely none. There is no reason why he should be playing at the level that he's playing at. Whether it's coaching issues, whether it's ego, whether it's a lack of game mechanics, whether it's terrible decision-making, whether it's a lack of humbleness, poor chemistry within the locker room with his guys, he should not be losing this amount of football games, ladies and gentlemen. He should not have had four touchdowns or four interceptions, excuse me, against the Dallas Cowboys and almost, not interceptions, four turnovers against the Cowboys and almost lose a football game. Literally, he had less yards passing than a dude who can't pass the football. I said that during the game. I was like, Ben DiNucci, like, like he cannot throw the football. He doesn't know how. He's a undraft, not an undrafted. He's a seventh round draft pick out of James Madison who played in Division II college. And he had more yards than Carson Wentz. Against the Cowboys, pitiful degenerate secondary and I watched Joe Burrow slice and dice up the Titans like he's cutting up filet mignon cooked medium rare like I I don't I don't get it ladies and gentlemen I don't get the defense of Carson Wentz I don't get it let me write that down because that was fucking awesome I don't get the defense of Carson Wentz I'll write that down Hold on.
Slow rider here. I'm done. But when I, like, I can monologue about him, and I have for almost 40 minutes. 30 minutes, actually. Maybe 20. I, 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 I don't get it. I don't get it. I really don't. And if you're Philadelphia, you're screwed. You screwed the pooch. You over-evaluated him, and so did everybody else. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. At all. And I'm watching... I'm watching Marvin Mims, and more importantly, I'm watching Spencer Rattler absolutely come alive in front of my eyes. And let me tell you something about Spencer Rattler. Let me let me praise this guy. Didn't get to praise him after this weekend. This throw that he makes to Marvin Mims, it's 14-7, 2 minutes, 32 seconds left in the ballgame. I haven't been fast-forwarding through it because I've been focusing on, on talking about Wentz. But this throw that he has is a rainbow teardrop throw for 30 yards. He puts it on the money. He throws it over two defenders. It's a beautiful ball, ladies and gentlemen. It's an absolute beauty. He has the touch of a masseuse. professional masseuse not one of those weirdos and he understands where he's going well coached understands the game face mask obvious face mask that better be a face mask on on whoever was covering Marvin Mims literally turned his whole body around because of how much of a face mask it was and there you go the future of the NFL, and yeah, they, they get him on 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 the um on a on they get one of the Texas Tech defenders on a flag. Future of the NFL, slicing and dicing up Texas Tech. I know, I know it's Texas Tech. Showing off what he can do. Had some issues at the beginning of the season, but he's covered them up. He's fixed them. He's adjusted. This is his first year playing. He's already looking like one of the best quarterbacks to come out of college in the last couple of years. He's probably going to be the best in his respective, uh, in his draft. And then I look at Carson Wentz and I'm like, what could have been? There's a reason why I don't fear him as much as I fear Patrick Mahomes. If you told me we got Patrick Mahomes in this division, I'm running and hiding. <laughs> I'm running and hiding, man. I can't. Oh, my God. I don't know. Like, that. that, that would be... I'm running and hiding. There's no, there's no, there's there's nothing besides me just like finding, like literally crawling into my bed and hiding under the covers. I'm hiding. I am hiding if I have to play him twice a year. Carson Wentz, nah. Nah. So in the words of Billy Womack, excuse me, Words, Billy. If you think you're lonely now, just wait. Just wait, ladies and gentlemen. Just wait. Just wait. Jesus Christ, ladies and gentlemen, just wait. You know. Just wait till Dak Prescott comes back. 
Just wait for him to come back. Oh, mama. Just wait. There goes that man. Just wait for Daniel Jones to come online and get some weapons. Just wait, ladies and gentlemen. Because they're going to be here and he is going to be gone. He is gone, ladies and gentlemen. Long, 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 long gone. As I take a swig of my water, <clears throat> my voice started to break. He's gone. Say goodbye. I will say goodbye to Carson Wentz. I will say hello to Spencer Rattler and hello, Joey Burra. Welcome to the fold. Welcome to the NFL. Oh, God. Another quarterback that I think is in trouble of losing is J.O.B. Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I talked about it last night. <clears throat> I'm recording this podcast Friday night, late Friday night, early Saturday morning. It's probably going to get out early Saturday morning. Um, what's his face? Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, right? What's wrong with him? Well, he's injury prone. What a surprise. Guy that already couldn't finish seasons with the Patriots, technically because uh, he got, technically because they had Tom Brady, couldn't finish off the four games this mention. What a surprise. He got hurt again. Why did you offer him a multi-million dollar deal? I don't, I don't get that at all. I really don't get that one at all. They offered him like, they gave, he became the highest paid quarterback, quarterback, excuse me, in the NFL when he got paid. Don't get it. It's like, what did you see? Over-optimistic. That's what you saw. That's what you wanted to see. I don't get it. But Jimmy is, um, he's in trouble. I talked about it last night. I'll talk about it again today. He doesn't have... Uh, I, I like it, it's not that he doesn't have anything. It's that he's he gets hurt and he's not as good as people thought he was, right? So his passer rating is through the f- no, it's not through the roof. It's actually average. It's ninety two point four, right? But he's been in and out of the lineup. He's been in and out of the uh, the games that the Niners have played, and that's because he's been fucking hurt. He was out for like two weeks, I think, after the Jets game with an ankle injury that probably got re-aggravated against the Seahawks, and that's why he's going to be out this week as well. He gets hurt. And when he's in, he doesn't play very well. Or more specifically, he has highs and he has lows. And it's like, yeah, you know, he, he played his ass off against the Jets. He played his ass off against the Rams. But against the Patriots, he had two interceptions, my guy. And, and it's like, like they beat the dog out the Patriots. They don't need him. They can move off of him. Technically, they can't because uh, I think they're still contractually obligated. But for the most part, it's like, he's a, he's a liability. I'm not going to go into the whole Joe Burrow has way less weapons than he does and 
he doesn't have the you know the, the the same coaching as Joe Burrow and things of that nature, and he he should he should be playing better. I'm not gonna go on all of that, but it's like, come on, man. I I don't I don't get why we're rewarding players when we don't even know who they are and what they do. I don't get it. Like, and I, I, I kid you not, man, this is what irked me about him. People said he's better than Dak Prescott before he even, like, before he even stepped foot with the 49ers um, for a full season. And then and before he, like, like I shouldn't even say that because technically he didn't play with the 49ers for a full season because he got hurt in the second season. The third season, the Super Bowl season, was the only season that he was healthy. I, I, uh, I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. I'm all for... Listen, man, I love the position of quarterback. It's my favorite position in all sports. Used to be point guard. Now it's quarterback. Used to, in fact, like my favorite position in football for a very long time used to be running. Now it's quarterback. Reason is, is that it's probably the most fun position to watch. And it has, like, the most responsibility on it. And it also has the most impact on it. Like, there's so many good things that can come from having a great quarterback. And slash or. Not, maybe not and slash or, but on the antithesis side of it. On the other side of it. If you have a bad quarterback, there's so many bad things that can happen if you don't. Like, it's so important to have a good quarterback. And it's like, they just don't. He gets so much help from the coaching staff and he still isn't very good like that's not a good sign at all that he gets that he like that he has George Kittle that he has Raheem Morster that he has Ayuk and that he has uh, Debo Samuels and that they will scheme run plays that will work with down the field blocking for him and he'll still get destroyed. Passing-wise. He's not that great of a passer. And I know people are saying, well, he needs more time to develop as a passer. Dude, he's been in the league for six years. Technically seven, if you want to count the year that he was drafted in, in 2014. He's been in the league for seven years. He's almost ten years in the league, and he still can't throw a fucking football, bro. How long do you need to see? What else do you need to see? What 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 is the what what is the notion? What what are we doing? I don't get it. I really don't. I don't understand it. It confuses me to see and hear people say he's a great quarterback. It confused me to hear people say that he was a great quarterback last year. I don't get it. Still don't. Hmm. Can we just never do this ever again? Where we just like, can, like I don't mind saying about Dak, like, oh, Dak had a bad game against X team. Like saying, like, you know what, Dak didn't have a great game against the Patriots. Okay, last year, you know, old Dak, you know, he he he's human. He doesn't have. He's not perfect. I get that. I'm not adverse to saying that. 
because I know that Dak is a good quarterback, great quarterback. I know that, yeah, he's going to have some bad games. He's going to have, like, all the great, all the greats have bad games. All the greats do. Tom had a bad game against the Bears and the Saints. You don't see me throwing the baby out with the bathwater being like, you know what, get rid, he sucks. But it's like, I can criticize, but I'll also defend. And I'll also, like, elaborate on what I'm saying as well. Like, I don't, I don't get it. By the way, hold on. I try. I'm. I'm trying to look at this IGN video. I just like try to pull it up. IGN did something fucking dumb. I'm guessing, where they released the first 22 minutes of footage for Spider-Man, or they had a weird ass video about it. And I knew I should have gotten it. Actually, it's good that I don't. Hold on. <clears throat> Yep. Yep. They shouldn't have uploaded it. They um they uploaded <laughs> They they uploaded uh twenty two minutes of Spider Man gameplay when they shouldn't have. And then they had to remove it. I wanted to look at it now I can't. But yeah, like it like th- th- this is ridiculous. Like the notion that Jimmy Garoppolo and Carson Wentz were great when they didn't have any any games whatsoever is ridiculous. And then on top of that, I forgot to mention this with Carson Wentz. He's going to have some hard-ass games. He's going to have the Giants next week because he has a bye week this week. Browns, Seahawks, Packers, Saints, Cardinals, Cowboys, Washington. He has maybe like three wins, but then he has like maybe five, maybe six losses. He has maybe three, like, he, he's going to have a lot of losses, right? In the next, like, eight weeks. As much as people want to be like, eh, no, he's not. It's like, well, yes, yes, he 1,000% will. Just give it time. Just wait. Let's wait. But, yeah, um, Carson wants to screw. He's screwed. So are the Eagles. As I exit out of this tab. So let me begin again with another football player within the NFC East who is underperforming to their contract, Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott. So I'm on my phone a couple of days ago, and uh, I'm just skimming through articles, reading some articles, trying to decipher what's going on. In the league, I come across this one article from uh, from Fan Sided. What was the uh, what was the article title? Dallas Cowboys is Ezekiel Elliott being rightfully judged. It's written by Lucas Masturin, and it's essentially an article. I'll give you the synopsis of it. Essentially, it's about how. Um, Ezekiel Elliott is the question of his play. Is it his inability? Is, is it his decline as a running back or is it the decline of the offensive line? Like, like, is he being directly influenced by both or, or which one is it? And he, and he essentially concludes 
And the tagline of this uh, this part of the article is meeting in the middle. He says, I lay somewhere in the middle. I know that Zeke hasn't been the same player at the same time. I know it's not all about him. A change in the offensive scheme can be one of the reasons he isn't playing as well. Offensive coordinator is more... Uh, Kellen Moore, excuse me, um, is playing a very similar style to that of last season. If you don't remember, Dallas had the best offense in the NFL and did this season before Dak's injury. Moore is going to do what works best for the team, not what works best for an individual player or someone's fantasy team. So far, it looks like the team will be passing the ball more. Yes and no. Um, Yes and no. They actually tried to do that against the Cardinals, for example. They tried to do that. People don't remember this. People forget about this. But um, the first, I think, 10 plays or 14 plays, um, I think 10 plays out of the first 14 plays against the Cardinals were running plays, and on 10 of those plays, Zeke fumbled twice. So they were 1,000% trying to run the football, overpassing it. They even lined him up as the wild card um, against the Eagles. I have no idea why he wrote this article like this because it's like, dude, did you not watch the Eagles game where Zeke literally lined up as the wild card where ben, because Ben DiNucci literally could not throw the football? I have Tony Pollard's numbers as well from that game plus Zeke's, but it's like they gave the ball to him 19 times. They had to start throwing it because... Well, also, they also gave it to Tony Pollard a couple of times and they also like... Um, ran it with like, they did double reverses, which I think count as runs. So, I mean, they ran it. They just like, he just didn't get any yards because it's not very good anymore. Blah, blah, blah. When has a running back played great behind a brutal offensive line? The only player to do that is Hall of Famer running back Barry Sanders. How's DeAndre Swift doing? I wouldn't say DeAndre Swift's. DeAndre Swift, what's his numbers? It was like 4.5 yards a carry. That's pretty good. Four touchdowns. Again, ironically, when has a running back played great behind a brutal offensive line? I mean, I wouldn't necessarily call the line. I don't know. I mean, the Lions, their offensive line isn't like great or anything like that. But, I mean, I could also go to, for example, the Jags with... um, What's his name? James Robinson, who's like an undrafted free agent. I'm not like saying that the uh, the Jags have a terrible offensive line, but it's not necessarily like the best one in the league. How many yards does he have? He has 4.5 yards of carry. And he has four touchdowns. So he's essentially DeAndre Swift. I'm not saying that the Cowboys' offensive line is good. I'm saying like, there's running backs that are playing at a good level with average offensive line play. In some cases, Ezekiel Elliott is getting average offensive line play. He also plays like the most reliant position on the offensive line in the NFL and the running back, but still. Like, 
I've seen Tony Pollard again in that game. Tony Pollard had 5.7 yards per carry. Zeke had 3.3. Same position, by the way. And I love how people do this with Ezekiel Elliott. They're like, well, you know, Zeke isn't playing very well. It's the offensive line. It's the scheme, right? And then you put in, like, Tony Pollard, for example. Hold on, I got a burp. Excuse me. You put in Tony Pollard, and um, even last year, for example, he had 5.3 yards per carry. Huh. And Zeke had... 4.5, and he had a fuck ton of carries. He had 301. That's a fuck ton of carries. Comparatively to to, uh, Tony Pollard's 86. Fuck ton of carries, ladies and gentlemen. Like, you can't tell me that Zeke isn't declining and that it's the offensive line, right? Because I've seen Tony Pollard run run like his life fucking depended on it with bad offensive linemen and fucking still gain a lot of yards. Sorry. Literally, when I have a dude that's on the team that you're complaining about their offensive line... Oh, my God. Let me rephrase that. Literally, when I have a dude that's on the same team with the same bad offensive line, and he's playing better than the starting guy, like there's no excuse for Zeke. Just like there's no excuse for Carson Wentz, no excuses for Zeke. Like, it's just it's just so obnoxious to me how many times like play, people give excuses for certain guys. It's like, I, I again, I will defend certain players to the ends of the earth. I will defend dudes to like the ends of the earth. But man, I just, I literally cannot stand it whenever people are like, his old, his offensive line is terrible. And it's like, well, why does Tony Pollard have 5.3 yards per carry against the Eagles? You can't even tell me that it's in garbage time because when they were running it, I think on the second series with Tony Pollard, he was going through the, and slicing up the Eagles defense. By the way, the score is 34 to seven, um, Oklahoma versus the, the, the Texas Tech, whatever they are. And I should also mention this about Oklahoma. Um, they're apparently in a rebuild. They're 3-2. and two. They're the 24th ranked team in college football. I get it. They're not going to go to the college playoffs this year. I think it's the first time in Lincoln Riley's career. But still, you know, uh, they're still pretty awesome. Dude, I can't wait to fucking play this game. The new Spider-Man game. I'm such a nerd for fucking Spider-Man, bro. I love Spider-Man. The new game looks so awesome, too. And then it's like... I'm hoping to God I can get a PS5. Fuck, I just realized I'm actually not going to be able to play it the day of. That sucks. It's like, as long as I get it, literally, within a week, I'll be happy, but... Jesus Christ, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be miffed if I can't get this game. Not get the game, but, like, get the console. I don't know why. Maybe not miffed, but, like, irked, I guess. Not sure. Looks so awesome, too, man. 
it's not like one of those, you know, it's not like one of those games where, it's like, where you're like, wow, like, that's so next-gen gameplay awesome stuff, man. It's not like that. It just, it just looks cool, you know? Looks awesome. And then they have all of these, like, different and new suits for the game as well. And then they got Miles swinging around with Peter. Oh, that's so awesome. I can not wait for that game, bro. The only reason why I'm not going to get it, the new Spider-Man game, the only reason why I'm not going to get it for PS4 is because there's actually a version for PS5, which looks so awesome. God, Miles looks so fucking awesome. Anyways. Do I got anything else to talk about before I get started with game day predictions and thus piecing out and leaving? Yeah, I do. So, I kind of played a game here. I like to kind of play a game where... Play games where I don't necessarily rely on Google to feed me and give me a bunch of information. So, I like to say... So, like, for example, I like to say to myself... Like, let's try and name, for example, teams that I think are going to make it to the playoffs without actually checking the records, right? Or not checking the records, but, like, checking their schedule. Just, like, looking at their records and seeing, like, where they are and stuff like that. Not doing a whole bunch of research, just to, like, try and see how accurate I can be. For no reason other than because I think it's kind of fun. Right? So, I kind of did this game where I was like, okay, what teams need a quarterback? What teams, you know this year, or technically this offseason, could need a quarterback. Oh, let's take a gander. I'm pretty sure I may be missing one already. I feel like I am. No, I'm not. I got 12 teams. I got 12 teams. These are the teams that I feel like, I don't, I, I shouldn't have said needed a quarterback, but I feel like they feel like they need a quarterback, so they may go out and get one. Let me read you off the list of quarterbacks. Not teams, but quarterbacks. Steelers, Patriots, Bucks, Bears, 49ers, Vikings, Saints, Washington, Atlanta, Jets, Colts, Jacks. Some of those teams you may be surprised with. Like, for example, the Bucks and the Saints. It's like 24. They have Tom Brady and Drew Brees. And it's like, yes, they do. But do, you, but they won't have them for the next five years. They may not even have them for the next two years. Because they're old. And they want to retire. <laughs> the same thing goes for the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's like, he's old. They, he want, He's going to retire in the next couple of years. It's not because of their play. I'm not like one of these guys that's, that's like, they should retire because they're old and washed up it's like no they're old and they're gonna retire soon it's like it it is what it is i'm not adverse to that atlanta is kind of one of the uh is kind of a long shot in 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 my opinion um in the sense of like maybe they want to purge the team and maybe they want to get rid of him and go for a young quarterback or something like that but i mean matty ice is one of the best young quarterbacks in the nfl not young but like he's one of the best throwers of the football in the nfl and I would I I wouldn't be surprised if they got rid of him, but I also would be because of how awesome he is. But I also understand that, like, he's kind of like being the quarterback makes you the face of the franchise, and 
because of that, it makes him the face of the franchise in all of, like, the really, really bad losses for the, um, for the Falcons. So I get why he's kind of the face of the Oregon. I, I would get why if they, um, if they were just like, yeah, we're going to trade you to the Colts or the 49ers, right? One of the teams that needs both of, two of those teams, by the way, the Colts and the 49ers, literally two teams that need quarterbacks. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised if he went to one of those teams, the Colts or the 49ers. And one of those teams made a play for him because it's like, Oh yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Because they need a quarterback, specifically a veteran dude, maybe not a young guy. They can get one, and they may have assets for for um for um for Matt Ryan, whether it's draft picks, players, etc. Probably a combination of the two, things of that nature. But yeah, like there's 12 teams that need a quarterback. And most of the teams on this list, I don't think they have, I don't think they have the best score. Like, I think they're, they're fucking like, I think they're fucked when it comes to their position right now. I think they're close. And so, like, I think most of these teams on the list, like the Steelers, the Patriots, and the Bucks, I feel like, I feel like the reason why the Patriots need a quarterback, Cam isn't, isn't the guy. Like, I've seen way too many games. Like, at this point, if I say, like, um, Cam can be the guy or whatever, like, I feel like if anyone says that Cam is is a good quarterback and he can play with the Patriots, no, he can't. He can't. I've seen way too many games with Cam where I'm just like, yeah, I, I, I don't see it. I don't see him lasting long with this team. And um, potentially he could be gone literally by the end of this year. Like, I just, I don't see it. And I remember I saw Rich Eisman say, like, the Cowboys should trade for Cam. And it's like, why? He's not playing well. But let me kind of give you some solutions. So I talked about the Matt Ryan solution where the Atlanta Falcons can move off of him and... They're probably drafting in the top 10, maybe top five, and maybe they could get a young guy. But what exactly is the solution? Well, let me show you. Got a mock draft here. Let me uh, let me go back. This draft is going to be one of the funnest drafts, I think, um, uh, in the last couple of years. Because of just like how... Let me redo that. <laughs> Because of how many trades I feel like can happen within the um, within the next like couple of uh, not even within the next, but like within the first like top five picks in my opinion. So I'm doing a mock draft right now. I'm on the DraftNetwork.com. Okay, that's weird. So the, okay, so the Jags they're going um I they're going corner right. So let me give you the draft order. Um, Jets, Giants, Jags, Dolphins, and then Falcons, right? So the reason why I said, like, that's weird that the Jags went for a corner and not a quarterback is 
It's kind of head scratching to me. Um, oh fuck, he doesn't play for Florida. He plays for Miami. George Rose, Rose. I thought he played for Florida. So now I got a, I have a Florida game recorded. I'm gonna have to unrecord it because he's not on Florida. I thought he was. I thought he was Florida. He plays for Miami. But um, to kind of give you an inside look on how the draft is going to go. By the way, I was pretty much correct. Uh, I was like almost one for one when it came to the draft this year. So just, just saying. But um, in predicting the draft, I, there were some picks that I was just like, "What? I don't understand that at all." There were other picks where I was like, "Okay, um, that 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 is in line with, you know, what I was thinking and what I thought would happen with the draft and things of that nature." But yes, like for the most part, um, the draft was as expected. Besides, like Jordan Love and Jalen Rager and Kind of a couple of other picks for the most part. And C.D. Lamb as well. That was kind of a weird situation. But essentially, you have in the top top five to six, you're apparently, like, I don't, I don't know. I, I think the Jags are probably going to get an offer. I feel like four to five teams within the top six teams in the draft are going to get an offensive player. Like, for example, I think the Giants, like, they have them getting um, the offensive tackle out of Oregon, I could see them getting Jamar Chase. Uh, the same thing goes with, for example, the Jags and the um, and the Dolphins. Like the Dolphins, by the way, they got Jamar Chase. The Jags, they got Patrick Sertain, a cornerback. It's, it's so annoying that they were like, we had A.J. Boye and Jalen Ramsey, and we're not going to pay either one. And then we're going to draft players that aren't going to be as good as the players that we used to have. And it's just so frustrating to see what the Jags did with their team. It's like, yeah, we're going to draft a cornerback, even though we need a cornerback. It's like, fuck you, man. Jesus Christ, why would you do that? But yeah, like um, right now, if the draft were to start today, the Falcons would be drafting as the fifth team in the uh, in, in the draft. Ironically enough, I picked the Cowboys and the Falcons. And the Cowboys and the Falcons, they're five and six. Works out wonderfully for me. Interestingly enough, the Patriots are drafting number nine overall. So, for example, you could potentially see the Vikings trade up. You could see the Patriots trade up. You could see um, maybe the 49ers trade up. We'll see. Holy fuck, if the Patriots, if they draft where they are, they could get like... Washington could get Devontae Smith. The Chargers, they could just load up and be like, close our eyes. We're taking Jalen Waddle. And then the Patriots, they could get Kyle Pitts out of Florida. Jesus Christ. Or they could get Justin Fields. So, for example, let's say if the Falcons, they're like, you know what? We want to trade away Matt Ryan. We have Justin Fields right here at this position. Because they didn't take him. Because, again, Trevor Lawrence was taken number one. The offensive tackle out of Oregon taken number two. Patrick Sertain, cornerback, taken number three. Jamar Chase, number four. And then Atlanta is number five. They get uh, Justin Fields, Trey Lance. In my opinion, Mac Jones is like the third best quarterback in this draft. My opinion. Could be wrong. My opinion. Or they could take a defensive lineman. Or they could take... Micah Parsons. It's all up to them. It's all what they want to do. 
And really, I could see them getting all three players. I could see them getting Justin Fields. I could see them getting Micah Parsons. I could see them getting Gregory Rozo. But let's say they take Micah Par not Micah. Let's say they get um Justin Fields. Boom. They get him. They're like, we want Justin. We're gonna take Justin, and we're gonna close our eyes, and we're gonna trade away Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, excuse me. Or he's going to be a transition piece where we may trade him away, like in another year or two. We'll see. And then the Cowboys are on deck. Washington is next. At this point, Dallas is probably getting some phone calls from the Chargers, Patriots, Vikings. Do you want to know why they're getting phone calls? Because one of those football teams is looking for an offensive weapon, whether it be Trey Lance, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith. Okay. Mac Jones. They're looking at him. They're saying, well, there's a lot of opportunities for us to get a fantastic player for this football team. Who are we going to get? So, and even you, you could potentially have Carolina in play. You could say, hey, Carolina, you want to move from the 12th slot to the 6th slot? You got to give us like a second rounder in this year's draft. They'll say done, signed, sealed, delivered. We'll take Micah Parsons or we'll take uh, another offensive weapon or we'll take whatever, right? Or the Dallas Cowboys could do this. They could be like Micah Parsons will fit beautifully in this um, in this system for us. Boom, we're taking them. But, um, or we could, like, it, it really depends on the value, right? But I think Michael Parsons is the perfect guy. Boom, you take him. And then Washington, yep, they're going to take a, a, a wide receiver. And then, yeah, yeah, yep. Literally exactly what I thought was going to happen, uh, happened. Where the Washington football team got Jalen Waddle. The the Chargers, they they were like, well, we don't necessarily need a number one wide receiver. We'll take Gregory Rozo. We'll take the edge rusher. And then the Patriots were like, we'll take Devontae Smith. Okay. That's exactly what happened. Which, yes, the Patriots. Hold on, I got a burp. Excuse me. Yeah, the Patriots, they would 1,000% take Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle, whichever one was there. The reason being is that, um, one, they need a wide receiver. Two, they're an Alabama guy, so they can be coach. Three, they're like one of the best wide receivers in the uh, in the draft. Sorry, that's me biting my fingernails because I have, I, I have an issue. I have a problem. Got to stop biting my finger. I've been biting my fingernails since I was a kid. Point is, this draft can go a lot of different ways, just like how it could have gone last year, or technically this year, with a draft. A lot of great players, a lot of valuable players in the first, like, 10, 10 picks. I'm not just saying that because of uh, it's the Dallas Cowboys, because I feel like last year a lot of the players... Um, could have been picked 
or not um, a lot of the players, but I feel like a lot of, I, I, I don't think there was that there was going to be a lot of trades for some of the players that were going to be picked because I, I just didn't see it for some weird reason. I don't know why. This year's draft, I think there will be. I think you're going to see a lot, a lot more um, hesitation in phone calls because I think a lot more players are going to be like, well, or maybe not players, but teams are going to be like, we may have a good offer here from X team. We definitely should see if this is something that we want to move on here. Anyways, I think that's it for the most part. Let me just see if, uh, let me see if I got something here, something else. No, I don't. I only have like game day prediction type of stuff and things of that nature, uh, which I'll talk about right here. So last week I was 500 from the field. No bueno when it came to predicting winners and losers and things of that nature. Was not my best week at all. In fact, it was literally my worst week. It's terrible. <laughs> it was god awful for me. But I think this week is going to be better. Even though I was like last week. Uh, <laughs> even though last week I was super confident and I was like, yeah, like this is going to be a great week for me. It's just going to be straight up pick games. No problem. And it's like I lost like the the most amount of games that I've lost like this year. Let's get started. So one of the first games of Saturday or Sunday, excuse me, Texans versus Jags. I have the Texans beating the Jags. Not high on the Houston Texans, but I am not high on the Jaguars. They are benching uh, Gardner Minshew because he has a fractured thumb. Hopefully he's okay. Um, he did everything he can, man. Like, I feel like they may be in play for a quarterback this year because of uh, because they're just going to make excuses for a bad organization. That's why. Like, Usually it's just like, oh yeah, we can just throw our quarterback under the bus. Stuff like that. But, um, yeah, like, uh, I, I don't know who their backup is. I don't have a lot of faith in the Houston Texans to hold the Jacksonville Jaguars to anything. I just, I just don't. But the Texans versus the Jags, I think Deshaun, like, like th these are two bad teams that are going up against each other. And I think Deshaun Watson is a better, is a play, is, is good enough to get his team over the hump when it comes to facing off against this bad team. So that's what I think is going to happen. I think the Texans are going to beat the Jaguars. I won't say handily, but I think they'll beat them. Giants versus Washington. I have the, um, the Washington football team winning this football game against the Giants. Yeah, I'm biting my nails right now. Hold on. Terrible habit. But I have the Giants losing to Washington. And the reason why is the same reason why I had uh, Washington beating the Eagles week one and um, the, the Cowboys two weeks ago is the uh, the defensive line. 
Like Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Ryan Kerrigan, all those guys. Ballers. I don't think that Washington is going... Like, I, I love Daniel Jones, but um, when he gets pressured, it's it's no bueno. You know? It's pretty fucking terrible for him. But um, it, it all depends on whether or not Washington can prevent... Not Washington, but the Giants can prevent their quarterback from getting destroyed. If they can prevent him from getting destroyed, I think they'll win. But if they can't, well, Washington is going to uh, to more likely than not win against Daniel Jones. And um, come away with another easy win and probably you know, really solidify their position within this division. Because if uh, if they win, I think they'll win on Thanksgiving against the Cowboys. And if they win the game on Sunday, they're I think they're in the lead or they're going to be tied for the lead uh, with, uh, with the Eagles. And I think the Eagles are going to lose a bunch of games in the next couple of weeks. So we'll see. We'll see. I do think Washington will win this game. Ravens versus the Colts. I have the Colts winning this. Oh, no, not the Colts. The Ravens, excuse me. I have the Ravens winning this game. This game, make no mistake about it, this is a fucking must win for the Ravens. The reason why is um, it's not that they can't lose any games because I still think they're going to go to the playoffs. It's just they need something, man. They need fucking something. Who did they play against this, this week? Or not this week, last week. Who did they play against? They played up against the Steers and they got their butts whooped. It's terrible. It's like, notice the common denominator when it comes to the Ravens. When they go up against high-powered offenses, offenses with a great passing attack, they lose football games. And it's like, listen, Lamar, he needs help. Like, he doesn't need Des Bryant. He needs, like, real wide receiver help that's going to help him when it comes to getting open consistently. Like, that's the major key. That's the major issue that they've had throughout the last, really, two years. They don't have a number one, man, and they need a number one. I don't think it's going to be Dez. I thought it was going to be Hollywood, but he is not even playing that much anymore, which is weird because he was their first-round draft pick like a year or two ago. It's like, how's he not playing? I don't know, but he's not. And now they're going down to Indianapolis. Great defense. Hot and cold offense. But it can get really hot when it fucking gets hot. And now the Ravens, like, I mean, they're kind of on their back foot. They're in a very competitive division right now with dudes that will just not go down, like Joe Burrow. Like, he will just not quit. He may give you a run for your money or he may get sliced up. We'll see. But when I watch the Ravens, I'm like, Lamar, he needs he needs to have a good game against this team to kind of, you know, redeem the team and stuff like that. But more importantly, he also needs a fucking weapon. I can't explain why this is a must-win game. I feel like it's just it's the middle of the season. You don't have a lot of games left. I keep I, like I've constantly said it. November is where you start to become a playoff caliber team and stuff like that. If they lose this game to the Colts, man. That's a yikes to me. (laughs) 
That's a great analogy. That's all yikes for me. But yeah, it's hard to explain, but like that's the best way that I can explain it. They don't have a lot of opportunities left, and um, they need a morale booster. But I do have the Ravens winning it. Future reference, though. Get um get uh get get freaking Lamar an actual number one. Maybe you do trade up in this draft. By the way, that's definitely something that can happen. Maybe you're like, we want him. We're gonna trade up in the draft for him. We'll see. Next um next pick. Lions versus the Vikings. I'm taking the Vikings. Lions. I'm done. I'm done. I'm out. You're fired. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm done with the Lions, man. Done picking the Lions. Vikings had a great game against the Packers last week, and I feel like with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, I've seen it, seen their ability to be explosive. I think they'll be able to beat the Lions this weekend, plus Dalvin Cook ran through the entire Packer defense, and I feel like if they can't throw the football, they can just hand it off to him. So we'll see. But I do think the Vikings are going to win it. Bears versus Titans is also like a must win for the um, for the Titans as well. Because, uh, sheesh, man. They lost to Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Not that Joe is a bad player or anything like that. It's just the Bengals, they aren't a good football team. So just like the Ravens to kind of like, because you, you're running out of opportunities. You're running out of mileage here. Got to win this football game, man. You got to. Don't have a lot of opportunities left. What's your schedule looking like if you're the Titans? By the way, I saw part of this game. Those Texas Tech cheerleaders, bro. Being a short guy, I can kind of recognize when a girl is kind of tall. Those cheerleaders, are they all super fucking tall? Because they kind of look like it. Maybe it's I'm short and I recognize when a girl like has long legs. That really distracted me for like a couple of minutes. I'm like, oh my God. Those girls got some big ass thighs. <laughs> like that's what's distracting me. All right. Anyways. Um, they play the Colts. I'm going back to the Titans. Sorry, they they uh the the Titans. They play the Colts twice within the next four weeks. Then they play up against the Ravens, the Browns, and then it's kind of a cakewalk. Jags in the last four weeks. Uh, Jags, Lions, Packers, Texans. They got some easy games, but they're gonna have some hard games as well. But yeah, the uh, the Titans they gotta win this game against the Bears because um, they the same reasons why the the Ravens they need to win against the Colts. Not a lot of opportunity left, not a lot of games left to play, and um, you gotta start really solidifying who your team is and what they're gonna do. You can't freaking they they could go to the playoffs with a very very bad record, maybe like eight and eight, nine and seven. But um, you're gonna lose in the first round if you do that. Teams are starting to shut down Derrick Henry, so. No, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Panthers versus Chiefs. Come on, Chiefs. No explanation. Seahawks versus Bills. Josh Allen has fallen. Let me just make sure what I'm saying is actually true. 
and not something that I feel. But I was about to say, like, Josh Allen has kind of fallen off of a cliff. Um, yeah, I was right. <laughs> he goes from having, like, three games in a row where he's had over 300 yards in a game and like everybody's saying like he's an MVP caliber player in the first three weeks remember how I said like September isn't necessarily one of the the most important months it's later on in the season and uh 200 yards 200 yards 100 yards 300 yards against the Jets I might add and then 100 yards against the Pats he has fallen off of a cliff, ladies and gentlemen, from one of the best quarterbacks in the league to now, not necessarily. So also why he's not one of my guys. Also why, by the way, he's uh, kind of in the doghouse with me. Yeah, these last four games. Wow, he it's like fucking night and day. Wow, he hasn't had a touchdown. He's played against the Jets and the Pats. Hasn't had a touchdown against those two teams, man. In four weeks, he has four touchdowns. That's not that's not good, by the way, if you don't know what it... No, the ratios and stuff like that. Usually, you would want a quarterback to have two touchdowns every single week. He has four. Maybe not two, but like some... Like, you want him to average like somewhere between like 25, 28 touchdowns. He, like, he's probably... He has like 16 right now. So he's like kind of on pace for that, but he, but like going like stretches, long stretches without having touchdowns and then having this great burst and then like nothing for weeks is no bueno. He's going up against Seattle this week as well. That's not good. That's an easy win for Seattle. Sucks that they're going to Buffalo and they're not saying in uh, Seattle, but they're going up against Russell Wilson. First name Russell, last name Wilson. They're going to get shredded. Uh, I got the Seahawks winning against the Bills. Broncos versus Falcons. Taking the Falcons. Am I taking the Falcons? No, I'm taking the Broncos. Taking the Broncos. Falcons have let me down way too much. I feel like they have it in their head that they're the fuck-up team. You know, they're always the fuck-up. So they, so they kind of embody what they think. Their thoughts become reality. So they, they fucked up. You know what I'm saying? They're done. Um, I think the Broncos, I don't know if Drew Locke is going to play or not, but he beat, I think, Justin Herbert, who played out of his mind last week. They beat him. They scored like 21 points in the fourth quarter. I don't think, I, I like, like literally, if you, like the worst team that you can play right now that you can beat right now are the Chargers and, and the Falcons because they give up these disgusting leads. And I think this is going to be another game where the Falcons, they just lose because it's just what they do, you know? So I'm taking the Broncos over the Falcons. Hopefully the Broncos don't let me down. Raiders versus Chargers. I'm taking the Raiders. I have a lot of faith in Justin Herbert. It's just this weird conundrum where the the Chargers, they lose so many games that aren't close that they give up double-digit leads. And um, even, like, they're 2-5, and five, I think, or something ridiculous. They have a ridiculous losing schedule. Or not losing schedule, but, like, losing record where I feel like they should have... Yeah, yeah they're 2-5. and five. They should have lost... Uh, not lost, but they should have probably beaten the Chiefs. Um, the Panthers... 
they lost to the Saints in overtime, barely. They lost to the Bu- to the Broncos um, last week, and they lost to the Bucks, thirty-one to thirty-eight. Like some of these games were close, but other games they fucking just gave up big, big leads, man. So that's why I'm going with the Raiders versus the Chargers because I think they'll give up, you know, another big lead even if they have it. And I also think the Raiders are kind of a good team. I kind of talked about how Derek Carr has like a 70% completion percentage and like 2,000 yards or something ridiculous like that. There you go. Henry Ruggs, let me check out his numbers for like two seconds. And I'm going to have to plug in my computer, but I'm kind of trying to get through this podcast super quickly. Oh, he only has 220 yards. He seems to have a lot more, though, sometimes. Oh, no, he's not even getting any receptions, too. He only has 10 receptions on the season, bro. Dang. Okay. 10, damn. It's like nothing. All right. Dolphins versus Cardinals. Taking the Cardinals, not the Dolphins. Not because I don't like the Dolphins as a football team or two attack of a low. It's just that Kyler Murray is more experienced and has better players. I don't know. Is Byron Jones playing, by the way? He's been, like, hurt for the entire season. And I don't even know. I think Xavier Howard is also, like, hurt as well. Or he has been hurt. Is he hurt? Is he hurt? I don't know. I love how when I go to his page on the NFL.com site, they don't have his status right now. Byron Jones. Can I just... Okay, injury. What what about his injury? I don't know the Miami Dolphins, like, media and stuff like that. They don't have an injury report from him in the last, like, day. So I don't, I don't know. Like I have an article about him from, from literally a month ago on October 8th, but literally I don't have an article about him. What's his status for this week's game? Cool. Injury status. It's still giving me, oh my God. It's still giving me this article from a month ago. Byron Jones. Let me check his status. I think I found maybe something. Is this the month ago article? I don't know. Like, they have not updated his page for over a month. Has he has he played? I I can just check his stats. Why didn't I just check his stats first? You can literally check if he's played within the last. Okay, so he played against the Rams. So I think he'll play. Um, I think he'll play this weekend. But I'm still taking Kyler. <laughs> still taking Kyler, regardless. Let me plug in my computer. It's at six percent. Six percent battery. Excuse me. Hold on. As I put my microphone stand down. All right.
Awesome, awesome, awesome. I was outside, right? Chopping some wood. Like I'm some type of, you know, lumberman or something like that. It's ridiculous. I'm, I'm so tired right now. I, I literally did it for like, I chopped, and these were, these weren't like, I'm, I'm not a lumberman. I'm, I'm five foot seven, 150 pounds. So it was fucking hard. It, like when you fucking chop wood, especially like thick, almost tree trunk like branches, it's fucking exhausting on your body if you're not in shape and I'm not in shape at all. And, uh, the worst part about it was that my axe, the, um, like there's essentially like two parts of an axe. Let me kind of look it up. And this is a, this axe is like older than me. Like it's probably 26, 27 years old axe. I'm going to type in parts and it thinks I I'm talking about axes in that, like that dumbass like spray or whatever. Here it is. Here's my axe essentially. Yeah. So there's, um, there's, that's way too defined <laughs> for an axe, but essentially like the head of the axe, the essentially where the blade is, that part of the axe had essentially come off of the handle, right? Where, you know, like the part of the axe that you grip it. So I'm freaking like swinging my axe because it's an old ass axe. Like, of course it would, you know, it, it would fucking like come apart right, because it's, you know, it's old, so the head would, like, would, as I would swing, it would literally fall off the handle, and I would just, because, you know, I'm, you know, I was raised poor, and stuff like that, I would just put it back on, and mash it into the dirt, so that way it would go, like, it would literally, I would jam it back onto the handle, essentially, right, and um, because of that, part of the handle, that was, uh, part of the wood that was on the handle, would start to like be chipped away so I would have less and less wood where you would pretty much insert the the handle not the handle but the head of the axe on the handle and it got to such a point where I'd chipped so much wood off of the handle that I was that I was like okay I just I literally can't use this thing anymore the tool is broken so I went back inside and I got this um this PVC glue it's the only adhesive that I had and I literally just put a shit ton of that onto um, into the holes where uh, the axe head is located, like you know where, where you slide the handle through, right? And I did that, and um, I went into my garage like a couple of hours ago before I started podcasting, and I looked at my axe and I tried to move it around, and it seemed pretty solid. PVC glue, I don't think is that strong. Not PVC, PBE, PVC. It's that plastic tubing. It's like it's what plumbers use. Like the glue, I don't think is that strong. It's not like that strong of an adhesive, but it's the only glue that I have. Unfortunately, I also have some Gorilla Glue that is just useless right now. But yeah, like bright early in the morning, I'm gonna take my axe outside and I'm gonna start chopping some wood. Why am I chopping wood? You might ask. Uh, if you're from Texas, you know why we barbecue, son. It's it's not like, like like that's why. It's like my uncle owns a tree cutting business and he chopped down a tree and you know it's literally like he's like, hey, uh, 24, you want some free wood? Bring an axe. You can lug it over to where you live. And I was like, cool, fine, all right. It's like free wood, but it's way thicker than I thought it was. 
like I was, I'm working, like I, I picked it up and I, I didn't notice it while I was cutting it, while I was chopping it. I was like, wow, this shit is way heavier than I thought it was. Super thick too. Maybe not super thick. It's like, it's kind of the thickness that I thought it was, but it was like, I was surprised at how fucking like, how dense it was. And I know it's wood, but still it's like, I was, I was surprised at how heavy it was, even though I was chopping it. I was like, wow, I, I, I couldn't believe it. And then it's like, I only chopped like one piece, like one small, pretty much tree trunk branch off of it. And I was like, okay, like, you know, I picked it up and I was like, oh, well, like that, that, that actually will last me like, like a pretty long time, actually. Especially if I like cut it up into like quarters or fists or whatever. Yeah, like that's how big and how thick this thing was. But yeah, I'm kind of sore right now. And when I stood up to like charge my computer, I kind of felt it in my body. The out of shapeness. <laughs> Anyways, um, what was I talking about? Dolphins versus Cardinals. I got the Cardinals winning it. Steelers versus Cowboys. Steelers, because the Cowboys, they suck. Uh, by the way, let me check out the games that we're watching. NFL football. I'm not going to do what I thought I was going to do, where I was going to watch like two back, two games back-to-back. I'm going to do something else. What am I going to do? What am I going to watch? Oh, we're watching Ravens versus Colts. I'm going to flex. I'm going to flex here on this. I'm going to call an audible here. If I don't know the score for the Panthers and the Chiefs by the end of the Ravens game, which is going to be kind of hard to do because um, literally this is what every broadcast does. They show the score. They show the scores around the league and stuff like that. But if I don't, well, well I mean, I may as well just watch it. I, there's no escaping it, you know. Chiefs versus uh, Panthers. No escaping it. So yeah, I watch um, Ravens versus Colts, Cowboys versus Steelers, and then Saints versus Bucks on Sunday night. Got a great Sunday night game. That's probably like the most exciting one um, this weekend. Also Notre Dame versus Clemson and a couple of other games as well that I want to see as well. Kind of excited for it. Steelers versus Cowboys, got Steelers. Saints versus Bucks. This is uh, this is the Antonio Brown game, by the way. This is the debut of him. Cannot wait to see what he does. Top of people, you know, questioning whether or not he is a mess. Um, I think I think it's going to be an interesting game to watch especially with Tom Brady once again enacting revenge on the divisional rival that beat him opening weekend, Saints versus Bucks on Fox. Cannot wait to see the retaliatory nature of the Bucks against the Saints who are kind of on their back foot. I think Emmanuel Sanders and Michael Thomas are coming back, so the Saints, they're, both of those players, Emmanuel Sanders and Mike Thomas, are probably, they're obviously not going to be on at, at full strength. Because they've been hurt for like the last couple of weeks. But still, interesting football game. Regardless. 
Got the Bucks over the Saints. Patriots versus Jets. They're both bad teams right now, but I'm taking the Patriots. It's like no way that the Patriots lose this football game. Wouldn't it be funny if, like, the Jets, the only game that they win this year or one of the only games is against the Patriots? <laughs> They're like, fuck. Like, we, the, the one year that we really want to beat the Patriots, we really don't want to beat the Patriots because we're trying to tank for Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields or whoever they want to get. Anyways, those are my game day predictions for Sunday, and that's, uh... That's all, folks. I didn't do a good intimidation. Not intimidation. What's it called? Imitation. There we go. Of the pig from the Looney Tunes. I don't know. This right here for anyone who ride with me. Heard me laugh. Watch me cry. Did time with me. In the game. Not just. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been 24's podcast, the best video gaming and sports podcast on the entire internet. If you like this podcast, you can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public. I will not be podcasting on um, on Saturday. Why? I, I, I just don't want to. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I'll be back Sunday to cast the three games that I talked about, Ravens and Colts, Steelers and Cowboys, Sunday night, Bucks and Saints. Ladies and gentlemen, until Sunday, I hope you have a fantastic day and I'll... Uh, I'll see you next time. Bye bye. We make plans and God laughs. Feel like the older I get, the quicker time pass. Some people live in the past, others live in a flash. Giving your pitch a perfect life, it could be gone in a flash. Texting on your way to work, and now your brain's on the dash. We all powerless. Sometimes wish I live behind a mask Cause facing this world is such a rigorous task